August 2nd. As we turn our attention to the New Testament now, we'll be reading in the book of Romans, chapter 15. We'll uh, read about a debt to the weak. You see, the strong must bear the weak and help them grow. And you know what that takes? It takes love and patience and unselfishness. It takes mature believers to do this. If we live to please ourselves, we will not follow the examples of Christ who lived to please the Father and help others. And we'll read about a debt to the lost. God saved the Jews so that they might reach the Gentiles and lead them in praising the Lord. God has saved us so that we might win others, other worshipers that will walk in truth and walk in the Spirit of the Lord. We have a debt to pay. And there is a debt to Israel. The Gentiles are indebted to the Jews, and that debt is paid by praying for them, witnessing to them in love, and sharing our material gifts to assist them. It was the great uh, writer Thomas Merton who said, To consider persons and events and situations only in light of their effect upon myself is to live actually on the doorstep of hell. We have to reach out to others with love from a pure heart. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. August 2nd, Romans chapter 15, verse 23, through chapter 16, verse 9. But now I, Paul, have finished my work in these regions. And after all these long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I am planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while... You can send me on my way again. But before I come, I must go down to Jerusalem to take a gift to the Christians there. For you see, the believers in Greece have eagerly taken up an offering for the Christians in Jerusalem, who are going through such hard times. They were very glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the wonderful spiritual blessings of the good news from the Jewish Christians— they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will give me a great blessing for you. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the Christians there will be willing to accept the donation I am bringing them. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a happy heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now may God, who gives us His peace, be with you all. Amen. Our sister Phoebe, a deacon in the church in Centria, will be coming to see you soon. Receive her in the Lord as one who is worthy of high honor. Help her in every way you can, for she has helped many in their needs, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. They have been co-workers in my ministry for Christ Jesus. In fact, they risk their lives for me. I am not the only one who is thankful to them. So are all the Gentile churches. Please give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. 
Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was the very first person to become a Christian in the province of Asia. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Then there are Adronicus and Junia, my relatives, who are in prison with me. They are respected among the apostles and became Christians before I did. Please give them my greetings. Say hello to Ampliatus, whom I love as one of the Lord's own children, and Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and beloved Stachys. And I just want to respectfully say um, I meet very few elderly people whose lives make sense to me biblically because I'm 44 years old and every year I think to myself, I was thinking about it today, I just, I, I think about how I am closer and closer to the end of it all. I have so many friends who have passed away that are younger than me. And I go, man, any moment I'm going to see you, God. And I check my life, I go, is there anything I haven't surrendered? Anything I, I don't want to be holding on to this stuff. It's like that game, Hot Potato. You know, remember we used to play that? We just don't want it. You know, you want to just pass it. Because when the music ended or whatever, you didn't want it in your hands. I almost feel like that way with my possessions and my stuff. Like, I want to give it. I want to give it. I want to care for the poor. I don't want to, at the end, have all this stuff hoarded, saved, doing nothing. And so I'm constantly looking at my life saying, God, I want to be ready to face you. And so I want to risk it all. I want to risk it all. Because, man, I'm 44. I don't know how much longer I have. And every year goes faster, doesn't it? Like if, if you're 10 years old, it's like you're moving 10 miles an hour to get through the year. So then once you're 30, it's like you're moving 30 miles an hour. I'm like, oh, that's pretty comfortable. And then after a while, it's like, dang, that year, is it already 2012? You know, I'm going 44 miles an hour. Respectfully, I don't meet a lot of elderly that are really living like they're about to see Jesus and, and saying goodbye to the things of this world and letting go of that stuff. Honestly, I mean, how can you not be thinking about that and risking more than ever? Some of you are still buying stuff, like you're going to enjoy it and saving some of the stuff. And I just think, man, my life has been about letting go, letting go, letting go, because I'm going, man, I'm getting closer and closer to the end, and I want to live by more and more faith every year. And I just think we've been living so backwards in the States, where we do everything crazy when we're 18, and we go, oh, yeah, I was crazy back then. You know, I'd go on mission trips, and I would, you know, and we would talk about, oh, those good old days. Days. And I'm just saying, man, doesn't it make more sense that the older we get, the more we realize, okay, this, this world has nothing left for me. The church is in dire need of elderly people that are living radically for their faith. And some of these young people are dying to come under the tutelage of elderly people that seriously cannot wait to see Jesus and are living that way.
Today we're reading Psalm 25, and this psalm is helpful when you're making decisions and seeking God's will. What kind of people does God guide? Well, those who glorify Him. If you want His will for His glory, He will show you the right path. If you have selfish motives, He may let you have your way, and then you will regret it. He guides those who wait. Hey, you're not wasting time when you wait on the Lord in prayer. He guides those who ask. God wants to show you His ways, teach you His paths, and lead you in His truths. The Word of God and prayer always go together, so spend time in His Word. If you ask Him sincerely, He will answer you clearly. He guides those who are clean and those who submit. God does not guide rebels, but He joyfully leads those who fear Him and submit to His will. So keep your eyes on the Lord and let Him have His way. He knows where He's going and what He's doing. So follow Him by faith, even when you don't understand. You know, the enemy was slandering David again, as we'll read here in this psalm, and he had no way to vindicate himself. Samuel Johnson called slander the revenge of a coward, and it is. What should you do when people spread lies about you? Psalm 25, verses 16 through 22. Turn to me and have mercy on me, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for I trust in you. May integrity and honesty protect me. For I put my hope in you. O oh God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 20, verses 16 through 18. Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of a foreigner. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without the advice of others.